Major support for Out to Lunch Acadiana is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including Lafayette and Lake Charles, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum at b1bank.com. Support also comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette. From Tally G's Restaurant on the south side of Lafayette, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Professor of Finance and Director of the award-winning Birken Road Reports. It's business Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch Acadiana. If you're a regular listener, you've heard me say at the end of the show, our Acadiana business consultants are Pete Prados from Innovate Acadiana, Zach Barker from the Opportunity Machine, and Dr. Blake Escadez. Now, just to clear this up, Dr. Escadez is not an internist. A lot of people think that. The Opportunity Machine is not a band, and Innovate Acadiana is not a town. Pete, Zach, and Blake are three local guys whose career paths have led them each individually to their current roles as the driving forces behind some of Acadiana's most creative and exciting new businesses. Pete's been a leader with Innovate Acadiana since 2011. Now, it's spelled I-N-N-O-V and then the number eight. It represents the uh, eight parishes in Acadiana. Innovate has helped develop and find financing for a number of fascinating startup businesses, some of which we've featured on this show, including uh, Wade Clement's Lift Horse and Wayne Nix's Nix Tool. There are many more, some of which we'll hear about today from Innovate Acadiana director Pete Prados. Pete, welcome to lunch. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. And the Opportunity Machine launched in 2009 to help Lafayette entrepreneurs turn an idea into a reality and an income. The, the Opportunity Machine, as its title suggests, gives entrepreneurs opportunities to access classes and expertise from successful local business people in every aspect of building a company, from making and marketing a product to doing your taxes. The executive director of the Opportunity Machine is Zach Barker. Zach, welcome to Out to Lunch. Hey, howdy, Peter. It is good to have you here, too. Thank you. And Dr. Blake Escadet defies the laws of physics by being in three places at once. Sitting at his desk in his office in Lafayette, Blake is an online professor of marketing at Kaplan University and teaches the MBA program online at the University of Fredericton in New Brunswick, Canada. Among a long list of impressive academic business exploits, Blake previously taught consumer behavior to students in the Silicon Valley at San Jose University. Blake, welcome out to lunch. Thank you, glad to be here. Now gentlemen, let me start by asking you all the same question, and this is something I hear asked in different ways by a number of people in traditional business circles. There are iconic American business leaders we hear about. Sam Walton started Walmart in a small town in Arkansas. Ray Kroc <coughs> turned a couple of burger joints into the multinational McDonald's. And more recently, Apple's Steve Jobs, who revolutionized our world, started out in his garage. None of these people or anyone in their multiple generations had access to business accelerators or incubators. For the most part, they didn't even go to business school. What used to be rugged individualists going into business for themselves, we now want to lump together and institutionalize as something we now call entrepreneurship. What is it, in your opinion, about the current business climate 
that has given rise to the term entrepreneur. What makes organizations like Innovate Acadiana and the Opportunity Machine necessary? What's changed in the bigger picture that's gotten us to where we are? I'll go ahead and jump in here and just kind of say that the, the global environment, business environment has changed, especially in the last 25 years. The digital revolution has changed how people access information, how they communicate, how they do business. And because of this, we're competing now with so many different companies. So somebody who's creating something in one location, if they want to grow, if they want to expand, they have to find different ways to do this. Uh, because everybody else around the globe is trying to do the same thing. You're looking for competitive advantages. Knowledge, assets, resource to assets is a competitive advantage. And I think this is what we're trying to provide for people living in this community and people to move to this community to have access as well. Zach, what about yourself? You think it's, it's, a, it's a tougher environment that uh, people need a need some help from the outside? Hey, actually, I think I'd say the opposite. I think it's an easier environment, okay. and that's why people need more help. Um, there's an interesting concept that entrepreneurship isn't really a, a, an industry, it's more of a management style. And if you think about it, when you go to school, you go for particular skill sets, right? You go into management, which is typically corporate management, if we can kind of all agree. You go into finance, you go into sales, marketing, management, whatever the case may be. Entrepreneurship is really a management style of all of that. And to Blake's point, when, when the internet flattened the world, now anybody can start a business from anywhere at any time and we have all these resources. So where I think accelerators, incubators, mentors, these communities be, have become so critical is because now there's, there's almost no barrier to entry. And so not only is there limited barrier to entry from being able to start, but there's limited barriers to scaling. You know, it used to be you had to buy big manufacturing or you had to own, you know, a giant warehouse. Now, you just need, I mean, some people just need a cell phone and you can scale your business from there, which makes it even more important to have mentors and guidance because frankly, the speed of the internet as well, I think keeps us from having that long-term grind like maybe a Michael Dell did where you can learn by getting your teeth kicked in over and over and over. Now, you know, you can go from zero to rocket ship in a weekend if you have the right people, places, the right market, the right automation. These <laughs> entrepreneurs, they, um, they have different educational backgrounds. Is there some, something about them that they, they have in common? Are they all type A's or? Most, most of them are willing to take a little risk. Some of them might be ignorant too because they're not concerned yeah. with the barriers. They're wanting to do what they want to do and they move forward. And, and that's pretty much what you see. They don't give up. You know, one of the things also that's important <coughs> is that there are people that have seen how much money can be made, especially okay. in the digital world, and now access to capital is a real thing because people in Silicon Valley or in Austin now see that they can invest in a company that it's just a startup that can make billions of dollars and so they're surviving for, for great opportunities like that and they'll put yeah. the right people around those innovators, right? right? To make them be successful. Yeah, yeah, not all innovators know how to run a business. Okay, that you might have knowledge. Very you might few. Be a you, let's good be honest. There's, there's yeah. not a whole okay. lot of them and, that and, actually do. And this is where <laughs> you, you run into a lot of issues. I, I've worked with many, many business owners and counseling business owners. And when you when you talk to many of them, they they want what they want, and they they have an idea. But the business surrounds what they do is where a lot of them run into trouble. Now, if you're an investor, an angel, a venture, whatever it's going to be, you want to make sure your investment is sound and provides a return, therefore you're going to ensure that the business surrounds what they do is that way. True entrepreneurs 
don't usually stay with that one company. Because once a company's in steady state, you're not changing it that much. They're ready to move on. They're ready to move on to something else. They get bored, I guess, well, in some yeah. ways. I, I or new ideas. Challenge. Yeah. They want challenge. Right. Well, they're explorers is the key. Exactly. Is, is, you know, the, the interest is, and, and this is what I really see in entrepreneurs, is that there's one thing is we all kind of think we're smarter than everybody else. That's why we do it, right? We don't want to work at big corporate companies. That's why I invited you all yeah. together. Yeah. <laughs> What's the next big thing? But, yeah. but they don't want to work at big corporate companies, so they start their own thing because it's got a cool culture and there's, you know, I can follow my dream and I can hire my people. But to that point, when you hit a certain mark along the way, you now just became that big, you know, lugging, you know, 800 pound gorilla company and it's not entrepreneurial anymore. Everybody goes, oh, I just want to work at Google. They're so entrepreneurial. I mean, I'm sure they are. They've got ping pong tables, all their cool stuff. I've never <laughs> been to Google. I don't know. But I got to think that there's a part of Google's business that feels like you're working Structure at IBM. Work. Yes. You know what I mean? Right. And, and not to say IBM is a phenomenal company. Right. But IBM is looked at and perceived as more traditional. Google is this bleeding edge type of thing. But I imagine when you get down to it, when you know bills are due, oh yeah, they're all focused. Yeah, they on probably the same have adult things. supervision yeah. by yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> I imagine they got rid of the uh, indoor dodgeball game. For sure. <laughs> we also talk about Google's and we talk about the big companies, but but even the small business. I mean, there's different scale, and you can have entrepreneurs in in every industry, every level. Uh, I worked with a lady who used to put together uh, seeds and stuff as bird food. She said, I'd like to grow this hobby as a business. Well, we said, okay, why don't you process this, call it gourmet bird seed, go online and start selling. She was making well over $100,000 a year selling gourmet bird seed online. <laughs> you know what I think listeners are probably thinking right now is, can you have a great biz idea and stay in Acadiana? Oh, yeah. Yeah, without a <laughs> doubt, without a doubt. Without so a that, doubt. that well, this is yeah. fertile ground for uh, yeah. any kind of business that wants to get started and sustain. We've got a Correct. great workforce that is, that's ready to transfer into whatever business gets started or, um, you know, just grow. Well, Pete, let me, let me add, add follow up on that. You know, the oil and gas is, is in what looks to be pretty severe downturn. Um, can you use those people that have very strong technical skills to help push this entrepreneurial environment. Absolutely, you know, and you look at UL and SLCC, the, the, they are yeah. focused right now on taking those, <coughs> those workers that are highly skilled and transitioning those skills into different industries, like the aviation industry, for mm -hmm. instance, or manufacturing, mm -hmm. right? <coughs> those, and those, those uh, vertical sectors are hungry for skilled people who know how to show up on time, do a great work, and can grow with that company. You know, so yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you guys, tell me a s couple of stories about um, some folks you've worked with that it's uh, at least interesting stories that maybe have worked out pretty well. I'll give one right away because uh, actually we just kind of had a little celebration just this week. Um, one of our student entrepreneurs that, that Pete and I actually uh, kind of discovered together, Nicholas Laborde, who runs a, a company called Rack and Tour Games. Now the interesting thing about Rack and Tour Games, they're a video game company. And the gentleman who runs it, Nicholas, is a, uh, he just got accepted to MBA school at University of Louisiana Lafayette, so good for him. Uh, but more interestingly is he started this company in high school. He went out, he built a team, he set up the projects, he went out and built relationships with game designers, with, with mus uh, musicians, score composers. He found artists, they built their game, they developed their game, they got the interest of the head of Xbox, 
Um, he has a mentor in Shreveport who's working with him. They just launched uh, recently on Steam, which is an independent game platform, and they made their first paycheck, uh, or their first income from that last week. So he's got a framed dollar bill. He paid his entire team. Here's the best part. I think it's hilarious. He paid his entire team, and he said, I paid them everything we made because I think that they've worked really hard, except I kept $1. Statistics today are 1.4 billion people are going to be working virtually around the globe this year. Wow. 1.4 billion <laughs> people, which means if somebody in Lafayette, because we do have access to the light center, we do have access to some technology to fiber, communicate, high-speed fiber, high fiber we can reach anybody across the globe. Correct. So somebody in Lafayette who does have ideas, does have concepts, and has that drive to try and make it happen, we're building support using assets and knowledge to be Correct. able to help them do it. And Correct. you're kind of a good example of it in that you're teaching online, oh, I, right? I, my, my, I my business is not in Lafayette. I teach a, a university in the United States in Kaplan, and so I have students across the United States. I teach for a university out of Canada, and most of my and all my students are Canadian. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I give seminars weekly, and uh, I have all these students for the last six years I've been doing this. Um, which means, of course, I can go and do anything I need. Sure. <laughs> but Lafayette's a great place. Correct. And when I moved back to Lafayette and noticed some of the, from my experiences in California and Australia, some of the holes that we have, that's what got me in touch with Pete. That's what got me in touch with Zach and started realizing we need to fill some of the holes that are missing in our community. Correct. Training, some of the training programs, the mentoring, the coaching, the things that these guys are working on we need to start solidifying more of it in the community. Now, Blake, you actually call yourself a, a very interesting term of professional academic, yeah. which which I've never heard before. It's, yeah. It seems like an oxymoron. Guest host, jumbo shrimp, dodge ram. You know, it's a, yeah. Most academics are perceived as research, okay? And when you look at most universities, they want to hire you because you get an arm's length of publications and journals that very few people read. Uh, what I look to do is have the uh, academic, the knowledge, and of course I've been, I worked for 25 years before I said I'm a full-time you know, professor. The idea is that you have abilities to be able to set up a portfolio, a business portfolio for yourself, your brand. So when I communicate who I am to people, I look at the idea of having websites and businesses, consulting, conferences, uh, talks, and, and programs that I work on. So when you look at my portfolio, it is is a business, okay? Yeah. Yes, I'm an academic, I love teaching, love helping students, but everything around me is considered, and that's the entrepreneurial way, um, in my opinion, to and, try and do more. Well, you like Tony Robbins. You know, I mean, it, it's teaching, teaching whether it's um, in an academic environment, like a university or a school, right, community college, or training, like you know, we do in, in some of the centers, what we do with Innovate, things of that nature, it's still teaching. The, the difference is, is, you know, obviously Blake has a very, very high level of understanding in his particular capacity. And so, you know, I will reach out to him to talk about, you know, marketing, you know, where I may do more on, you know, starting a startup because that's right in my space. That's where I have expertise. And, and we talk about that a lot as we train entrepreneurs to say, you have expert status in different realms, right? You don't even have to be the best person in the world or in the state or even in the city. If you're just the most experienced at the table, you're the expert. 
So when you're teaching people, you need to be able to disseminate your knowledge to those individuals as an expert. Well, I don't have to be the greatest salesperson in the whole world to teach a great sales class. What I have to do is be better than you and be able to give you that information in a way that you can take it and apply it apply tomorrow. It, apply it. That's that is the, key. the big difference. There's concepts and theories and understanding Correct. of the field. But how do you translate that into application? Correct. And that is a lot of education institutions are changing this direction not just teaching theories and concepts, but how do I apply it as well? Right. And that's what, that's what happens is we need to make sure that the community people can get the assets together of teaching how to apply. The experience, right. Right. you can't beat experience. And, and I think that answers your initial question, which was what is the purpose of these accelerators and these entrepreneur centers and things like that? You know, are they required? No, they're not required. But the challenge is, is the only way you can learn how to do something is really through one of two ways, right? It's either through self-education, where you go and you learn that by sitting in a class or reading a book or whatever the case may be, or experiential education, which usually is painful and costly and time-consuming <laughs> and all that, right? I, I call it getting kicked in the teeth. You can go out and learn the hard way, right? <laughs> or you can learn from people who've been the hard way who know how to do it. And that's one of the big things that we continue to talk about is when people come and sit with us in a class, right? I don't have to teach you that sales is important. I don't have to teach you that managing your finances is important. You wouldn't be here if you didn't know that. What you want to know is how, how do I do that? How do I market my business? How do I make right? a difference? How, how do, I, do I manage my people? How do I recruit a team? How do I know if my clients are even worth recruiting or going after, you know? That's the question because I, don't, I know I need clients. How do I get them? How do I keep them? How do I get them to pay more money? Or as simple as, is my idea any good? We've had the oh, privilege yeah. of seeing yeah. hundreds and of innovators over the last couple of years. Hundreds of Is it of hard them. to tell them when it isn't? It's one of yes, the hardest things in the world is. to tell somebody tell their baby's ugly, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. How do you, how yeah. do, you do like that breaking generally. up with somebody every day. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's tough. I, I, this week it's I had It's not to your do idea, it. it's me. It is. You may want to take those ideas and think about pivoting into something a little bit different, right? But, but you're in the right spot because there are 15 other people who thought of that same idea, so Correct. you're thinking correctly. Correct. But you may want to take it in a different direction. Let me ask you, you have all of you, all three of you had such a broad base of uh, business knowledge. Uh, what were you doing before you got into this line of work? Now, uh, Pete, you're in great shape. I assume you were a male dancer. What were the rest of you doing? Oh, you got on, outed. On the side. <laughs> on the side. That was, those were some lean years. I, but was, they, I was fortunate. I, you know, I had a good mentor, and we started a software development business that wound up becoming a great application for the drilling industry, and we wound oh, up selling wow. the company to National Oil Well Varco. Wow. Had a chance to work for them for four years, and then tried to come up with the next big thing and couldn't. <laughs> so we started. So we started a business called InventureWorks that helped people that had great ideas, and then sharing their success. And so we've been helping entrepreneurs for the last three years try to launch businesses, including that Yellow Jacket. Uh, right, yeah, we had them on the show in right. New Orleans. They, they yeah. came and uh, got funding through our organization. I tell everybody about this. Was a product that would basically weaponize your iPhone, right? Yeah. It would yeah. turn it into a stun gun. Yeah, exactly. Oh my Nine hundred fifty thousand volts. That <laughs> was great. And the best part was this. Such <laughs> I think is actually the definition of lanyap is the fact that when you stun somebody, it would recharge the phone. <laughs> I, th <laughs> I thought that was really the really the best part. What about you? guys, what were you doing uh, before all this? My background is very diverse. I have experience in a lot of different areas. I've lived in New Orleans for a long time. I uh, worked for Quincy Jones. I uh, owned a sports marketing agency, the IMSA Grand Prix, the Superboat races. Oh. Those were all my wow. uh, childs in New Orleans. 
Um, then, then I transitioned, left New Orleans, I ran a winery for a while, then I got into teaching. But while I got into teaching, I wanted to make sure that this concept of entrepreneurial thinking continued. So if somebody had ideas, you don't want to squash it, you want to try and encourage it, but you want to give it the right direction. Okay. It's like Pete was saying, you know, sometimes you have to get people to move a little bit to the left in order to see where they can go. And uh, so background for me to get into this, uh, you know, my world now is teaching, but I love helping people find that opportunity and be a part of it because there's nothing better than that smile on somebody. <laughs> like, like Zach's saying, when they got that first check, there's nothing happier to see that. Yeah. I'm just picturing how happy the gourmet bird seed yeah, person oh yeah. they have. They have. <laughs> Actually, what about I'm, yourself, I'm wondering Zach? what kind of other gourmet foods we can make. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, out of Louisiana. It's just a matter of time, really. Cajun gourmet bird Acorns. Yeah. Yeah. Is, uh, they, I like that. What about like Zach? What were you doing before all this? Uh, so, well, I'm, I'm, if you can hear my funny accent as opposed to everybody else's, uh, I'm from Nashville, Tennessee originally. So you were a songwriter? So, no, and I wish I was. <laughs> <laughs> Super excited to be here because this is essentially what Nashville was 10, 15 years ago, before, before the world realized that Nashville was a great city, that's how I see the Acadiana region. Like, we know it's awesome. And now the rest of the world is starting to figure it out. And man, is it ever a cool time to be here. But my background is actually in uh, sales and marketing. Uh, specifically, I've owned my own marketing company for about 12 years. It's been different variations of marketing. We started out in essentially what I said, kind of like the constant contacts type, type stuff. Yeah. We, we wrote HTML code to embed into emails to create visual elements before MailChimp and constant con we, I, you know, I kind of joke, I go, I think we invented that, but we were too dumb to realize it. <laughs> so we didn't know what we had, so we just charged a bunch of money for it. Um, and then later on, actually most recently, I got into um, recreational sports leagues, so like uh, city leagues, but privatized. As of yesterday, I sold the league. So, Congratulations. Uh, yeah, oh, wow. yeah, yeah, right on. So we nice. sold the league. A couple of guys here locally um, have bought it. <clears throat> I'm going to stay on with them as an advisor for about 12 months and help them, but uh, huge success for those guys. It's one thing Very to know excited. a player, but to know yeah. a guy who started yeah. a league. That's that entrepreneur <laughs> moving on, by the way. Oh, that's exactly what it is. And, and, and really, it's, um, you know, I was a trainer for BlackBerry for a little while. If, if For everybody who's listening, they used to be cell phones. They're really cool. <laughs> uh, I actually still think they're fun. I carry an iPhone, but I love that BlackBerry phone and would go back in a heartbeat. Um, but I've, I've had a background in training, sales, marketing, did some sales management. Uh, primarily when people come to the center, what we find a lot is, is they're technicians. You know, they have a skill set. They're able to do something, but they don't know how to sell it. And so I'm able to give them some of that perspective, which is pretty cool. Um, and so, I mean, you look around this table and you go, and you can be included in our okay, club yep. too. Okay, yeah. Because uh, I've seen you, you're a pretty good speaker as well. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, you know, it's, it's, a good, uh, it's a good balanced team here, so. Well, let me ask you something, um, in terms of when you when you do help somebody, do you guys take an equity stake? Uh, so I'll speak real quick on the opportunity machine because we do not. Okay. Uh, so I'm not going to speak on behalf of the other guys here. We're a part of LIDA, which is the Economic Development Authority here for Lafayette Parish. And so from an economic development standpoint, there's recruitment, business expansion, and then the third component is the development of local talent for entrepreneurism. So as a quasi-governmental right, agency, we can't hold a position, which really, you know, for, I'm going to give like my little sales plug here, for anybody out 
there in the world who wants free support from people who know what they're doing and really low cost type space, this is a great place to be. And I, I think we'd all agree it's a great advantage for our community because you don't have to give up a stake right. to be in this accelerator and what in about this you two program. Guys? Now that I'll, doesn't I'll play, say I play that on both isn't. sides of the table. Okay, so, all right. Yeah. So That's I've got a for-profit organization and director of a non-profit organization. So if you want free marginal advice, come, <laughs> come, <laughs> come, come to Innovate Acadiana and I'll give that to you anytime. But it, it, for InventureWorks, our for-profit, we own a small piece in several companies and then they find the benefit of us helping them long-term, mm -hmm. you know, fill a position that they don't have. Now for right. yourself though, Pete, don't you end up with like a portfolio of I've got about ten, of I've, I own a, a portion of about 10 different companies. Yeah, strange, illiquid yeah. kind of positions, but. Uh, yeah, it's great. Uh, and invest in new ones all the time. There is levels of development. There is the tire kickers, the people that have an idea. Then it goes all the way up to the people that I have a company, I'm ready to go uh, stock options, right? right? Okay, so, so we need to make sure that in our community we have enough mentoring, coaching, support for all those levels. We don't want to discourage anybody from having the opportunity to, to do business. That's right. And if I could step out real quick on a big picture on statewide, there's a lot of angel groups that have that are already established, some that are being established. Now how would you define and for people an angel group? That's a group of uh, accredited investors, high net worth individuals that actively look for deals to invest in. There are groups in Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Lake Charles, Shreveport, and now we're syndicating deals across those regions. So a, 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 a deal might or originate here in Acadiana, but we may syndicate it to New Orleans or vice versa. And so as they fill out rounds of funding, we're now able to grow businesses throughout the state. So it's an exciting time to be in Louisiana. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Pete Prados, Director of Innovate Acadiana, Zach Barker, Executive Director of the Opportunity Machine, and Kaplan University Professor of Marketing, Dr. Blake Escaday. You can find out more about Pete Sachs and Blake's work in the Acadiana entrepreneurial world by following the links on our websites. That's krvs.org and itsacadiana.com. Today's show was recorded live over lunch at Charlie G's Restaurant Lafayette. Charlie G's is open six days a week for lunch and dinner with live music Thursday through Saturday. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our researcher is Dominic Lloyd. Our theme song, Encore Monsieur Nice Guy, is written by Mitch Foreman and performed by Mitch Foreman and Andre Michaud. If you want to know what we all look like, this is scary, you can find <laughs> photos from the show Don't do it. on our <laughs> website and Facebook page. The photos were taken by Gwen O'Quinn. You can get this show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows. You can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites. It's Acadiana.com and krvs.org. Support for Out to Launch Acadiana comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette, located off Pinhook near Calice Saloon, featuring newly renovated in 2015 sleeping rooms, public space, and meeting rooms. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Charlie G's. For more business Acadiana style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch Acadiana is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S. Providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com And by Business First Bank with locations throughout the state including Lafayette, 
and Lake Charles, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum at B1Bank.com. Support also comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette. Thank you.